Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Conversations on Conversations, where each week we explore a topic to help us have more meaningful conversations with ourselves and with each other. I'm your host, Sarah Noel Wilson, and we are continuing the conversation with my husband, Nick, from last week, where we are exploring how can we be more supportive to the loved ones in our lives who are experiencing mental illness. So that feels like a nice segue into talking about your world mm. and what mm-hmm. we've been going through for last three years. Yeah, I think that's three and a half years. Right. Yeah, three? I believe it was I mean, it's sometime been... in 2019 that I was that I was diagnosed, diagnosed. with uh, persistent depressive disorder. disorder. Yeah, I should know my I should know my <laughs> own diagnosis, and I do. <laughs> uh, I'm confident about that. Uh, yeah, but I, I, I mean, it's something that, well, and, and the idea, I think I'm going to, I'm going to butcher this terminology cause I don't, you know, I'm not a professional, but I believe that the distinction between, uh, persistent depressive disorder versus, is it major depressive disorder? I think is the I other, think it's major depressive, which is more, more like a more acute and yeah. more, yeah. Uh, the persistent is it's something that was for me, it, it developed I think very slowly over time um, was there for a long time yeah. in some form without me recognizing that that's what it was. Um, yeah. Or me. I mean, yeah. e- even as somebody, you know, like when, when you start telling your story, I mean, that was part of, I was like, how did I not see the signs? And it was because the signs I was looking for, like the signs that I knew were different than how they were manifesting in you. Sure. And, and it, it, I think comes about so slowly. It's not like, yeah. you know, over the course of a week or, you know, a couple days, I, you know, flip a switch from, you know, whatever, I don't know, happy go lucky to somber, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, morose or whatever. Like it's not, it was years of, yeah. of this kind of gradual, uh, again, and, and to go back to the the analogy of the, the the paths in the snow, those those paths are getting worn, you know, one one step at a time, one trip at a time through that, you know, through that snow uh, t- to the point where, yeah, both for you and for me, it was uh, it took that time to to get to a place where I could even recognize like um, that it wasn't just how, you know normal i don't know you know anything whatever your your normal is you assume it just is normal uh until i guess for me until it was um i you know thinking back i can't even recall what the, that there was like a specific thing that triggered me to start thinking about it more than it was just i think over time um i i feel like i could uh, recognize that I just wasn't, um, I don't know, maybe that I wasn't at my best mm-hmm. somehow, but it was really just a matter of, um, at some point looking up, uh, on a, I don't even know what the website was finding somewhere on the web, uh, you know, a resource about depression and looking, you know, something like what, what do I look like or what do I look for to, you know, to know if I have depression or what are the symptoms or whatever, and kind of looking at, this checklist of Mm. symptoms and feeling like I'm checking every box here. Mm. And, um, to your point, like I would never have thought like 
maybe what I would have looked for or thought that depression would look like or feel like was not necessarily what this was, you know, um, trouble with sleep, um, uh, loss of interest in, in things, you know, uh, things that I was once, uh, you know, for me, it was hobbies and, and things that I used to really enjoy doing that, that now kind of just felt like, nah, whatever, you know, um, that, and then nah, whatever, just being mm-hmm. kind of the general, um, a lot of it, it comes down to just kind of feeling numb. It, it's not always feeling sad or, uh, what you think of as depressed, but just, yeah, feeling numb, blah, like, uh, nothing, you know, like it's not too high or too low. It's just kind of this nothing. Um, yeah. that's a, probably a terrible description, <laughs> but it's, uh, uh, the best one I can think of, but yeah. So, um, I, at some point I came across this list of symptoms. I felt like this all sounds like it's kind of, you know, <laughs> ringing a bell for me. And then, um, from there it was probably, I don't know, it might've been a week or so of me kind of stewing on that and, and thinking about it, uh, before, uh, at some point I brought it up to you in conversation and I, I'm sure you remember mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. So maybe you can, you can talk to us, Sarah, I'm going to turn the tables you on turn- you here and ask a little question of you. What, I'm going to get emotional because this is the first time like? we've talked about yeah. this publicly. Yeah. Yeah. It's the first time I've really talked about most of this publicly, which, uh, you know, just waiting for the right time to be on a, <laughs> to be on a podcast, podcast about it. <laughs> yeah. and have thousands of people uh-huh. hear this story. Yeah. That's what I was waiting for. Well, and I think even before we get to that, you know, th- that, that is definitely something that is, it was different as we looked at our two experiences. Mine was very like sudden it was a very significant change it was very visible and obvious Mm -hmm. and there were patterns like that for years things that you know you would struggle with is like sense of self Mm -hmm. or not feeling motivated by work and then and then getting into almost like a really like a very clear pattern of a shame spiral of Mm -hmm. like why am i not motivated why do i not have ambition and um and so, again, it was never the, like, I think, you know, to your, the point you made, people think of depression as, like, sadness. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that might be it. Yeah. But it's, you know, more of a, I feel like what I've come to learn, at least through your experience, is, like, it's a little bit more of just an emptiness mm-hmm. and a wandering and a, a lack of value. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I do remember that conversation because I think we had had some you know, because when, when we would have conversations around some of those topics, I knew that they were really tender for you and I never knew how to have them. And so then like, I'm balancing in these situations as the the partner I'm balancing. I want, I want to be able to have these conversations, but I also don't, it's clear that they're causing you pain or self-loathing. And I don't want to be the reason we trigger that. So, you know, we're just going to avoid that. Right. And neither of us knew how to have that conversation. Neither of us knew how to have that conversation. Yeah. Uh, or to have it in a way that was productive. Mm-hmm. So we just wouldn't. Or if it got high, we just mm-hmm. ejected from it. 
Um, and I remember like on one, one hand, I remember when you said, cause we were in the dining room standing there and I could tell that you were, um, hesitant and like, Hey, I've been doing some research and I think that I think I might be depressed. Yeah. And I remember feeling relief because one relief because you weren't thinking about this and I didn't feel like I had to be the only one carrying the burden of trying mm-hmm. to figure out how do we navigate this relief from a standpoint of um, that made sense. And then like absolute fear because in my right studies and research of becoming a mental health advocate, I know that when somebody shares that they are or think they might be experiencing depression is to ask about suicidal ideation. And I remember, uh, and it's probably the hardest question I ever had to ask you was if you thought about killing yourself Mm -hmm. and, and even in like knowing I had to ask it, was I ready or prepared for the answer? And and from my perspective, you know, knowing that that question would be inevitable was a big part of what, you know, took it, it took. Like I said, it was probably at least a week, I think, before between between me kind of having this. I don't want to say aha moment, but some some recognition from looking at, you know, these lists of of symptoms to saying yeah, this is probably this is probably something that I'm dealing with. Thinking through, you know, imagining that conversation, having that conversation with you, and knowing that, you know, it's it's inevitable that this this question is going to come up. It's a hard, it's a hard thing to. Um, and I think it's we were we were, you and I were talking before we started this conversation on you know in our real life where we sometimes speak to yeah. each other without microphones. Right. <laughs> um, we, we were talking about this and, and you had asked me, uh, you know, about just sort of about, you know, if we wanted to, if there were boundaries or things that we wanted to n- not go into or, or anything that I felt like was going to be off limits. And as far as my journey, we were talking about suicidal ideation specifically. And I think that it's important it, to me, it feels like one of the most important things to talk about as we're discussing my uh, experience with depression, because because it is so not talked about. Right. And and from my or, perspective, or, or or if it is very poorly. Well, yes. It, I, and I should clarify what I mean when I say not talked about from from the standpoint of someone who is. Who is or has had those types of thoughts there there was part of me and this applies both to us having this that conversation that you're talking about that you know that kind of first conversation about you know I think I might be depressed uh it also applies to you know I don't know how many weeks down the ro- road from that I start seeing a therapist and having those conversations in in my sessions having you know Going to a, a mental health professional, sitting down and having this conversation, having her ask me, mm-hmm. you know, and 
in my mind, and I know, you know, I can look back and say, like, I know that this isn't, you know, logical or real, but there's, there's part of my brain that was like, in my mind, like suicide is, is such a bad word. It's such mm. a nasty, you know, thing that, and it's so, um, I don't know. I don't know what I want to say. It's just, it's such a, it, it's so far on the, you know, spectrum of like horrible, you know, things to contemplate and, and that the idea of like, in my mind, any, if you're having any kind of thought about that, then it is like this, you know, red flag, you know, red alert. Uh, like if I say, if, if my therapist asks me, have you had, thoughts of suicide or self-harm and i say yes mm. that some kind of you know i get flagged in the system the cops are going to show up they're going to put me in a padded cell whatever the like mm. things whatever those like mental images of like that this is like some kind of uh uncrossable or like th th that's what it felt like to me and when we had that conversation, when you asked me and when I knew that you were going to have to ask me that question and that I was going to have to answer it was it felt like I was going to have to like take this step that I couldn't come back from. There was mm. no there's no turning around from that and being like, I just just kidding. I was just joking. I, I never thought about that. That would be weird. You know, like that's you, you can't there's no erasing that or like undoing once yeah. you've kind of. And so that was like a super scary piece of this. And that, again, I, I probably made this uh, way too long of a point here, but the coming back to why I feel like it's important to have the conversation now for us to talk about it, because I know how it feels to be the person who has had those kinds of thoughts. And the reasons why you don't go and, you know, seek somebody yeah. out to talk about it or, or willingly, you know, enthusiastically like go, you know, boy, I, you know, you know what? I just, I was having some thoughts, you know, last night, I should probably go seek some help. Like it's not, that's not a straight line for, mm. you know, at least not in, in those circumstances where you are feeling like, <laughs> um, yeah, like you just like it's um, anyone who knows that that is happening is going to see you in a certain way or is going to be forced to act in a certain way yeah. and uh, take some kind of action. That, and, uh, makes sense. Yeah, no, I mean, it does. And I appreciate you sharing it like that, because I mean, certainly at the moment, I'm in my emotions and my reaction and my um, processing and emotional regulating uh, that I didn't understand or couldn't understand how big of a deal it was for you to share that and to realize what the risk is. And I, I think, I think that's a, such a great point that you make of like, because again, because we don't talk about it often enough, because we don't talk about how to show up when it comes up either for yourself or for if someone else brings it up, um, that, that it does feel, you know, like, oh, everything's going to change in this moment. Yeah. And, and in the short term, certainly there was a different awareness on my part for mm -hmm. sure. And, you know, and I, well, it would be like, it would be irresponsible not to, right. right? Like that's right. What, like, like I'm, oh, I'm okay. acutely aware that like the minute I bring this into 
our conversation as a thing, it's it just is a thing. If you told me that you were, you know, feeling that yeah. way, having those thoughts, yeah. I would you, you you're again comes back to like you're we're partners. We care about each other yeah. on a level that, yeah, it's going to be something that is going to bring about a lot of concern. And and especially if you're not already in a place where you kind of are informed about what, you know, what that means, or you haven't kind of, you know, obviously we didn't have any kind of shared understanding of mm-hmm. what, uh, what that meant for me or how, we, how we needed to have discussions about it or anything like that. So it, yeah, it feels very, uh, it's like taking a, uh, I'm thinking of picturing like the Indiana Jones and the last crusade, like taking the, the, the step out the, onto the, oh, yeah, you know, like the leap the, of faith kind mm-hmm. of like, that's kind of what it feels like is like, you know, I'm going to answer this question and assume that my foot is going to come down on a solid surface, right? Like mm-hmm. we're going to be okay. We're going to figure out the path across the chasm. Yeah. Together. Carry on the, uh, the Indiana good. Jones uh-huh. analogy. That's good. Uh, I, one of the things that was coming up for me in that moment was I, I had witnessed, I had observed and perhaps even participated in myself when I had had other loved ones in my life who were clearly going through a depressive episode who, while they hadn't expressed suicidal ideation, you could tell the um, desire for living was low or the desire for anything was low. Mm-hmm. And what I observed and maybe some of my fellow loved ones was uh, almost that the response was to almost like shame. Uh, like that wasn't the intention, but like, oh, you have so much. Mm, and mm-hmm. if you do this, think of what the impact would be to family or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and I, and I, and at the time that felt sort of right and normal because like we were having our experience, right. Of the situation. But, but knowing what I know now about mental health is like me meeting that moment in any way dismissing or shaming or how could you mm. or like being caught in my emotion was mm-hmm. probably the worst thing that I could do. Like one of the worst things I could do. And so I remember just like being so like I it was every part of my body to keep the like, don't you love me? Mm. Well, mm. Right. Like, why would you be thinking of this? Mm -hmm. Don't you think we have a great life? And and those are normal reactions for anyone. But like knowing what I knew now about supporting somebody with mental health, I knew Mm -hmm. that uh, uh, what you needed was safety and support in that moment. And that I had to find my own place to process the emotions I was having. I think that, you know which may be different than how, you know, your situation of me was one of the things that was like a layer was at the time anyway, because it was so new and and vulnerable and um, maybe even scary for you. You were like, I don't want anyone to know. I don't want to talk to anyone. And so now suddenly I was faced with how do I honor that for Mm. you? And also my husband just shared some really hard 
perspectives. Mm -hmm. And, and the more I started to learn about, right, like your, you know, like the low sense of self and all of that, like, and everything else that we've worked through over the last few years, that, that was probably the hardest thing for me was feeling like I had to work through my own emotions alone, which is where me having a therapist was really helpful. And, uh, and honestly, like at one point, I, I I don't think I've ever shared this with you. Maybe I did, but there was a time when I was uh, having dinner with a good friend, Kate Thompson. And she was like, so how are you guys? And Mm. I just started crying Mm. because I was like, I don't know how to, but I was like, I trust her. I trust you. And I was like, this is what's going on. Mm. And and we just had a beautiful cry over our dinner and, you know, cause I knew that she had experience with it with, you know, her, her world and her life. And, and so that, uh, in the beginning, that was really difficult to, so it was a huge relief for me almost when you started to open up more about it, but, mm-hmm. but it's, um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's not, and, and, and I think that, uh, what I'd like to do is find a good resource to put in the show notes of why it's important and how do you approach that conversation? Mm -hmm. Because what research shows is that if you can, if someone's expressing depression or talking about it, one of the ways we can sort of interrupt some of that is to get them to start talking about. So there's, there's Mm -hmm. like really good science and research behind why we, why we actually engage in those conversations, even though they're scary as hell. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, um, one of the things that um, just just is coming to mind is that we I certainly I started from a different place in terms of my um, well I don't know if that's true I, I maybe I'm making an assumption mm-hmm. here saying that I that I'm start I started from a different place in terms of my comfort with talking about. Um, you know, my mental health challenges with you and or therapist or, you know, for the longest time, it, that's that was it. It was yeah. you. It was a therapist. You know, I've gradually come around to, you know, having other people that I opened up to and now just being on podcasts and talking about it. <laughs> um, Hi, everyone. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm losing my train of thought here that... Um, I I am much less of a vocal processor than you are yeah. by nature, and so uh, that that's a component of it. But it's also again there's gender stuff yeah. here. We we talk so much about about gender stuff, but it's man, it's there in all of it. Um, absolutely, I mean, without getting like super deep in the weeds of my you know whatever, uh, and do it on another show. Yeah, but it. Uh, Gender expectations, gender role, uh, you know, what have you. Social conditioning to not experience emotions. All of that played very, very heavily into into a lot of the things that I was experiencing uh, with with depression. And also, um, you know, on the level that we're talking about here, having the conversations, me being able to open up about it, to talk to you about it, to talk to my therapist about it. Um, there, there were like brick walls that had to be kind of like chipped away and Mm. knocked down of like, don't talk about your feelings. Don't have Mm. feelings, Mm. (laughs) Mm. you know, um, those things that are, again, they're just so 
ever present. They're so kind of just reabsorb them over the course of our lives. And, um, that wasn't, yeah, just another layer that made it challenging for me to, uh, and it's still, still, and you know, still is a challenge at times, um, depending on the situation it's gotten better and, and having, you know, a therapist to talk to having so many conversations with you has, has improved to the point where I feel like, you know, I've definitely gotten more aware of things that I'm feeling, uh, have a little bit more of a vocabulary to be mm. able to, you know, kind of talk about what those things are because in the beginning it was just non-existent. Mm. You know, like you just don't, I think I can speak for, I, I, I would, I would go out on a limb and say that I speak for a lot of men probably in saying that, uh, we just don't have the, we don't have the awareness we don't have the, yeah, we don't have the vocabulary. We're not, we're not able to express uh, what we're feeling because mm -hmm. it, we're not supposed to, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Like the only thing we're really supposed to feel or express as a feeling is anger, mm -hmm. right? We can be angry, but anything else is kind of a mystery. <laughs> so it's, uh, that's a big part of what I've had to learn is just like how to recognize all that stuff. Uh, for myself, let alone be able to have a conversation about it. Yeah. That was, that was an interesting, like, aha for me. <sighs> because, I mean, one, I'm a no surprise verbal processor. Also have been conditioned my whole life to be very present with my emotions, to express them, to be you know, um, all of those things. And, and part of our journey together on this, especially with, like with, with you and your journey with depression was to question a lot of those mm. cultural norms mm -hmm. and to push past them. And I, and I think we're still very much untangling them mm -hmm. and unlearning and, you know, and it brought up really good conversations around, you know, um, not necessarily things that contributed to your depression, but more like a realization of, of the importance of having intimate relationships outside of me, mm -hmm. right? Like how to build those, what does that look like? How do we, you know, you and I having good conversations around gender roles and the limitations that those put on everyone mm -hmm. because of the expectations and, you know, and also just, you know, showing up. And I think that, you know, one of the things that I appreciated that you developed and are still developing the skill around is that when when you notice thought patterns that are um, unproductive or and I think I mean, I do this, too, of just like I think we've gotten really good at you don't need to do anything, mm -hmm. but I just want to make you aware that I've been in a bit of a spiral today. Mm -hmm. Right. Or struggling with this or or if we have a conversation that might trigger that right, right. insecurity with you in particular right like mm -hmm. to be able to come back and go okay i know why i had that reaction right i've thought about it and to just be able to to talk through those moments so that we're not ruminating we're not 
in a place of resentment. We're mm-hmm. not creating space. I mean, maybe it needs to be there in the short term, but being able to, and again, I think this is, this is something that I'm really proud of that we've developed is like, I think we've both have worked really hard and intentionally that when somebody shares something like that, we don't, we're not pissed about it. We don't discredit. We don't dismiss. We don't deny. We don't shame. We don't blame. We don't, you know, and even, and that doesn't mean that there aren't times when I might not get frustrated. Like there absolutely are times when I, you know, and we have those conversations, but I can share with you, I'm really, I'm struggling with this now because it's impacting both of us, right? Because we're not focused on it or whatever the case is, but it isn't attacking or whatever. And like, we can both be present with and navigating. I know I just hit my microphone and the sound guy (laughs) and he was like, stop gesturing. So usually I'm not here in the room to, to give you a judgmental uh, (laughs) glance at your hand, like, God, Jesus. Um, But but I think, but that, that is something that has been a benefit. I mean, that's a muscle we've had to build. I don't yes. want to say it's a benefit because I'm honestly like, there's a lot that sucks about navigating mental illness. So I'm not going to be like, oh, it's, it'll make you, I mean, somebody, somebody wrote this really great quote on Twitter today. It was a psych uh, counselor, psychologist. And she goes, you know, your trauma didn't make you stronger. Hmm you made yourself stronger. Mm -hmm. Right. And so like, and so there are things that I'm really proud of that we've continued to work on that have only increased our connection, quite frankly. Yeah. Yeah, I, um, I think to the point you're making the, the, um, that, that muscle of being able to recognize the thoughts for both of us in our respective (laughs) you know, struggles is such a huge part. Uh, it's maybe the biggest thing in terms of like, I, I wouldn't say that I'm, you know, like cured of depression now. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know, there are, I still have moments, right. I still Mm -hmm. have times when I might find myself in these kind of thought spirals or things like that. You've talked about with, with your, you know, anxious thoughts. It's Mm -hmm. not like they, we, you know, cure it and go and it's in the past. Um, the thing that changes is our ability to see it Mm. for what it is, you know, going back to the beginning of our discussion about not being able to kind of rationally kind of see things as what they are, as those thoughts, you, you build up the muscle to be able to, um, you're not always going to be able to in that moment. You are going to still have times when it's, you know, raw where you have a reaction, you know, in the moment, but the, uh, yeah, the self-awareness, the ability to recognize, okay, what, what's going on for me right now is, uh, is a familiar kind of thought pattern. I know mm. what this is. I might still be feeling bad about it. I might be whatever, still having whatever feelings, uh, but I can recognize what it is and know, you know, maybe know some things that I can do to, uh, to work through it. More with Nick after this. I know we're, we're going to be a little long on time here, I, but I, I do feel like just as, I, as we were discussing, I had a thought that I want to make sure mm. a, 
I don't know if it would be if it's valuable or not, but I want to make sure that uh, that I'm clear about on some level, like what depression mm. m- has meant or what it has how it's shown up or presented for me because I don't want it to, we've spent a fair amount of time talking about suicidal ideation. Yeah. I don't want it to uh, only seem like, yeah, I'm yeah. depressed. And what that meant for me was, yeah, I, you know, had suicidal thoughts. Yeah. That is a thing that was part of depression for me, but it's not the only thing. Um, it, it's maybe the most, you know, feels like the most severe thing. Yeah. Right? Like it's, that's the, the big scary thing. Um, but there's also, you, you kind of hinted at for me, a lot of it was, um, kind of, yeah, what I guess is, is insecurities or, um, feeling a lot of self doubt, sudden really, really negative self, uh, talk or, or, you know, uh, just having a really negative or, or, uh, poor, vision of, of myself. Uh, yeah. Your self-worth was real low, low, low self-worth. Um, and it would, yeah, a a lot of it would manifest for me as like, uh, spiraling kind of from, uh, what, you know, uh, I feel, I, feel like I'm not, uh, you know, happy with whatever thing, uh, something with the work that I'm doing, you know, my, my career, I'm not happy about. And that then leads to, you know, (laughs) it's step by step by step to, I'm just a, you know, I'm worthless. I'm a, you know, just a waste of whatever. And, and, uh, these really, really nasty, Mm. um, and I don't mean to say them, you know, casually or, or, uh, you know, Again, I don't want it to be uh, hopefully triggering for anybody if if people are having similar types of thoughts. But it's that's what it that's how it showed up for me in a lot of cases. And it was, um, yeah. The, again, <laughs> took has taken a long time to be able to recognize those thoughts when they come up as what they are, um, instead of just accepting them as like, that's just the truth. That's just the reality of, you know, that's who I am. That's, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I don't know. I, no, I, I'm, glad I that, I'm glad that you brought that back. Go past and be, yeah. It, yeah. I, I'm realizing that. Yeah. I, I haven't talked that much about what depression, the experience of depression was, was for me. And so I want to make sure that it's not, that doesn't come across as like, yeah, it's just that I felt really sad and had suicidal thoughts. There's, there were other things to it. And it was, uh, again, uh, probably a a much less kind of acute, um, you know, episodes of, of that kind of depressive, uh, thinking than, than maybe what other people would experience. But, um, still that's still what it what it is yeah yeah well and and i think that no i'm glad that you brought that up because i i know that that's a piece that a lot of people don't always understand is how you know the the brain if you will just essentially can tell you that you're worthless and you know and i know for you that would show up in like society tells me I'm the man and I should be like super career driven and super ambitious. And because you weren't, then you felt like you weren't Mm -hmm. good enough or you weren't whatever. And, you know, and it opened up conversations between us from the standpoint of, you know, cause I mean, sometimes I'll still like, you know, 
when people are like, ah, he's so amazing. And I was like, he, <laughs> he'd never believe it, you know? And People like, say that all the time, though. They don't say it to you, but they say it to me. People <laughs> no, say it to me all. I do. Yeah. A lot of people will say I'm just, that. See, I can't. Right. I no, to, I know. You can't. You know, yeah. See, it's. Be dismissive or self-deprecating. Well, and that, that like brought up, I mean, you and I would have conversations around like, so does that make me a liar? Mm, because mm-hmm. I, I don't see this in you. Yeah. Right. Like, mm-hmm. and, and yeah, I mean, yes. we had a lot of conversations around yes. that and, and, and also then like, because of the doubt, you know, how do we make sure our relationship is coming from one of like mutual support and not you acting out of a place of fear of losing me? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I can remember, uh, there, I remember a conversation, uh, I think I, it was a conversation I had with my, th- my therapist at one point about, uh, yeah, it was when I was really kind of in, in one of the deep places of, you know, those, those kind of negative spiraling, uh, thoughts and feeling like, yeah, I mean the logical, you know, look at it yeah. from a mm-hmm. logical standpoint. If I if I am worthless, if mm-hmm. I have no worth, if I am this, you know, just nothing person, then there there's no way, there's no possible way that anyone can can love me or mm-hmm. care about me in any real way. Sarah must just be putting up with me and, you know, faking it to, you know, just cuz out of obligation or whatever. And not, and, and those thoughts happening, even if subconsciously and not realizing it until my, my therapist pointed out to me, like how rude that kind of, (laughs) you know, for lack of a better word, like it's, I'm, I'm making this, the, the, this assumption about you that I would not, you know, Mm. yeah, that you, that you're lying to me Mm. that, that I am, I am in order to, uh, allow the truth to be this negative thing about me in order for me to continue to believe that that is the reality. I have to accept that you're just lying to me all the mm-hmm. time, that you don't care about me, that you don't love me, that this is all just, you know, and once it's kind of brought into that kind of focus, it's you, it, it does help to, to reframe and sure. say, well, wow. Okay. <laughs> Those things can't both be true. Like it can't both be true that I'm, you know, this worthless, all of the things that I think that these negative thoughts tell me I am and that I have, you know, people in my life who actually love and care about mm. me. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> that's, that's one thing that helps to, uh, you know, get the get the mind to where it can can see those thoughts for what they are yeah 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 that was a big i remember having a lot of conversations around that mm-hmm. and re reframing that and um mm-hmm. yeah we <laughs> <laughs> uh, have yeah, a what's our smooth transition out of this i don't know how to end a conversation no, with you no we just kind of we just kind of no, drift off into no, whatever no <laughs> No, I think that, um, no, I mean, I'm just sitting with it because, yeah. you know, we haven't, again, we, we haven't even talked about yeah, some, some of, of this stuff is, is yeah. like new. Yeah. And so it's like, oh yeah, it might be worth us having some further conversations to, to talk through what does that mean? But mm-hmm. I mean, I think that, the, I mean, the one thing I will say only because I've been told this repeatedly 
is that uh, it's not as common as you would want it to be that your partner or spouse or family member or friend is showing up for you in the way that you need. And, you know, and we know through our work that there's a lot of good intentions walking around and, um, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're making the positive impact that you want. And I think, you know, for me on some level, I mean, I remember having the thought with you of maybe I was supposed to go through all of my stuff so that I could show up differently for you, Mm. you know, like not necessarily like to go through. I mean, no. you know, there's a little bit of, that's, right. I would, hope, yeah, I would no. hope not. No, that's, I know. I mean, <laughs> but or, let, let, me rephrase, <laughs> let me rephrase it. Like, I, I, if, if the situations were flipped, yeah. there's no way I would have known how to show up for you. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I probably would have been incredibly unproductive. I mean, if I'm yes. being honest, yeah. I would have probably been really unproductive, very self-focused and not known how to, you know, and part of that speaks to the other work, right? Of like, how do we have the conversations we've been avoiding? And that's something that as both of us who have uh, largely been conflict avoidant people mm. have worked really hard to bring in not only to our relationship, but other relationships. Mm. And like, we can we can talk about things that are uncomfortable but still do it in a way that's compassionate and open and you know and so yeah that's terrible it's not that it's not that i <laughs> now that i say that out loud but but your I def- your trauma was uh all uh all, just, <laughs> just a, all getting you set into the right spot so that you could help me with my oh, God, my little terrible. issues I, I, that's a, take, that's a gender role thing there. that is a gender that is yeah let me you rephrase had be, that i had to, to be a good wife so, i had me. to be a good nurturing spouse <laughs> for you I do know that by better understanding mental health and mental illnesses generally, and by understanding even on some level, like even, even knowing kind of what like things I should ask or things I could try or um, that I felt less scared supporting you through it. And, you know, and, and now I feel it's like breathing to us now. I feel like when there are moments of, you know, even just this morning, I was like, I'm having some anticipatory anxiety about the next couple of weeks. Like, it's not even a big thing anymore. It's just like, this is the check-in. Here's, Mm -hmm. here's how I'm feeling. You know, as I look at like my travel schedule the next couple of weeks and feeling a little overwhelmed by that, like it's just the norm now for us to be able to talk about it. And um, and I think, you know, for people who are listening, you know, I think one of the greatest gifts we can give the people we love is to really figure out how to be emotionally supportive and not emotionally dismissive and to to understand. And if you don't understand, right, like. Uh, if you don't understand to educate yourself, mm-hmm. I mean, if you really care about someone, then do everything you can to learn about what they're going through and don't minimize it or dismiss it. Or because, again, sometimes we can do that unintentionally right. thinking that we're being helpful when right. actually what you're saying is it's not safe. Yeah, it's 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 way easier said than done. Yeah, what you're talking about um, because we we can do things. That we, in our mind, we, you know, you know, if, if you ask 
someone are, do you want to be dismissive or, you know, is your intention to be dismissive to someone, you know, virtually never going to be the case. That's not what people want generally want to show up for each other. But yeah, there are all kinds of things that we do that we, our second nature, you know, in the way that we deal with other people that are dismissive, whether we realize it or not. And so, um, yeah, there's, there's a lot um, and again, we're not, you know, we're still learning yeah. all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's I will good. say that's good. I know, I know uh, a very good uh, keynote speaker slash uh, workshop, uh, <laughs> you know, facilitator <laughs> who does tremendous work on uh, mental health awareness and specifically about um, dismissive versus, mm. uh, you know, uh, emotionally supportive. What's ways their of website? Being. I should check it uh, out. Boy, it's, I don't have it in front of me, but you know, is it, is it podcast? <laughs> <laughs> That's not the website for God's sake. Uh, oh. Sarah com. Get, get on it. Check it out. Look, look it up. That's good. It's good commercial. Thanks. We'll, we'll take that as a, this is a good sign that we're coming to the yeah. end of our, our this conversation. This is going to be two episodes, isn't it? Yeah, so that's all right. Long, long conversation. That's all right. And you haven't even asked me. Are you going to ask me the question? Do you ask me the question? Oh, I can. You don't have to because it basically already, I mean, Did, no, it's already been answered. Let's, well, then tell us what, what, well, you what was, generally what, let me, on why can I ask the, conversa- oh, the question? Okay. I'm sorry. What was the conversation with yourself or someone else that was transformative? Nick Wilson. We already talked about it. It was the conversation that you and I had. I just want to make sure that, that I'm really clear, you know, you're talking about, being a supportive partner, having mm. a supportive partner, uh, also talking about this, you know, I don't want to say good fortune or that, it, you know, things happened in the order that they needed to happen in, <laughs> but that you, I, it's not just that you showed up more effectively or powerfully for me in, in that moment than you would have otherwise that moment wouldn't have happened for me mm. if if mm. I hadn't been along the journey with you, you know. Um, the the process for me of getting to a place where I could say to you out loud, I think I might be depressed, where I could answer the question honestly about self-harm, where I could feel, if not confident, at least willing to take the step and say, okay, I'll look into this therapy, you know, therapy, maybe, mm-hmm. I, you know, that maybe that's something I need to, to try, you know, all of those things were scary and I had to get to a place where I could do that. And I wouldn't have, mm-hmm. you know, if I hadn't, if I didn't know from, from, you know, being along yeah, with you and journey. your experiences and knowing <laughs> how, you know, seeing you having you as a role model, really, which, you know, might sound weird, but like mm. for being open about your mental health issues, because by that time you were, you know, you were speaking about it. You were, you know, you are not shy. I don't I think it's safe to say about, you know, sharing your experiences um, with anxiety, with panic and seeing that. Seeing that as an ex- example and also just knowing that because of that, you, you have that open, you know, empathetic, uh, curious 
mindset. And for all of the worry and, and fear that I had around those conversations, you know, leading up to them, never once was the worry that you were going to be anything hmm. other than completely supportive, you know, of me and, and whatever that needed to look like. So, um, yeah. So that conversation, that first conversation, us, you know, uh, me opening up to you about maybe I'm depressed. Let's figure out what that means. Uh, was hundred percent transformative. I mean, it's, uh, I, it's hard to think of what, you know, where I would be, where we would be. Yeah. If we didn't right have now. That. Yeah. If that hadn't happened. So, mm -hmm. um, that was a transformative conversation and it's, uh, mostly thanks to you. So <laughs> thank you, Sarah. Thanks, Nick. <laughs> Well, it's well, so what? awkward for us to speak to each other <laughs> by our names. I'm sorry. I oh. should. It's a sweet moment. It was I'm a ruining sweet moment. It by, you blew it. I know. You blew it. That's what I do. No. Well, the thank you. Yes. Thank you. And I feel like the lesson that's coming up for me is, and it's not like a chicken or the egg, but when when we can show up more intentionally, compassionately um, for ourselves, it makes it easier for us to show up for other people in that way. Mm -hmm. And then the flip side is true, right? Like when you can show up compassionately, intentionally for someone else while they're struggling, mm -hmm. it can make it easier, you know, because, you know, certainly maybe part of it was you observing me and my journey, but it was also how you showed up in that journey uh, of on my, like in my world, if you will, um, because I, you know, if you would have been dismissive, if you would have minimized, if you would have, you might not have been open. I mean, you may have shown up the same way for yourself in that way, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. So like, there's just, you know, I think, I think the thing that's abundantly clear as we wrap this up for real. Yeah. We got to get, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Just way too long. It's, it's fine. We'll do a two-parter. <laughs> there you go. Is, uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot more suffering that's happening in this world than people mm -hmm. realize mm -hmm. because a lot of it happens in the silence and it happens in the shadows. Mm -hmm. And, you know. And even to people who don't recognize their own suffering. Right. Like, right. <laughs> then they, right, right. That's I, a great Not point. to interrupt, no. but I feel like from my own experience, again, I think there were probably years. Yeah. Uh, you know, years and years of, of some amount, uh, some pieces of me that were, you know, experiencing depression yeah. or having depressive thoughts. And is not it, knowing and that that's there, what was happening. There's some research that's something like people like, like the, av isn't, isn't it like on average people experience depression for like, what is it like five or six years before they actually seek oh. help or it's I something. I would believe I, that that doesn't sound wrong to yeah, me. Because yeah, because it becomes so normalized. But. Yeah. It's not even just that people are suffering silently willingly right. or because they don't Feel want safe. to or have the conversation, you know, the ability to have those conversations. But sometimes you just don't even, you don't even, you don't even notice know. what has happening to you as a struggle or yeah. as suffering, yeah. you know, because it just becomes, it's just what's you think it's normal. It seems yeah. normal. Yeah. But. 
And so like, yeah, I mean, do you want to be the person that somebody stays quiet with? Or do you want to be the person that they can be courageous with? And and the way we do that is we just show up more powerfully for, again, ourselves and each other. We've, um, you know, we appreciate all of you hanging out with us and sticking with us for these these two episodes that we've now decided <laughs> are going to be two episodes. That's for sure. Uh-huh. <laughs> but 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 um, we do want to hear from you if there are things that resonated for you, if there's things that come up, if there's um, if you need two ears and a heart to listen um, you know, uh, don't, don't hesitate to reach out. Uh, my DMs are always open on social media. You can always send us an email at podcast at sarahnillwilson.com and I'll be sure to pass that along to Nick as well. <sighs> Thanks, honey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's, a, that's unprofessional. Yeah, let's what? try that one again. You can't, right? you can't call your, your podcast guest honey. Honey? Oh, I mean, I, apparently I call everyone honey. <laughs> So that's a story for another day. Uh, uh, Nick yes, Wils- Nicholas Allen Wilson. I'm, mm-hmm. Yes. Thanks. Sarah. Thanks for being on the show. Oh, thank you for having me. It's such a <laughs> such a thrill. I'm just a huge fan. Um, you know, I <laughs> first time, long time. Honestly. <laughs> All right. <laughs> We're gonna wrap this up. Oh, I love note. you, honey. Oh, I love you too. All right. Thanks for the combo. Thanks, honey. Our guest this week has been Nick Wilson, my husband, who I'm still looking at as I record this. Uh, This was a conversation we've actually been wanting to record for a while, and I'm glad that we were able to spend the time today to do that, and you were able to join us for this. You know, there's lots of things that I always take away from these conversations, but probably the most important is that I think that, you know, in the spirit of conversations on conversations, we need to actually talk about the the real stuff and the hard stuff and the emotional stuff. And I'm grateful to have this space with all of you to be able to explore these topics. And I mean that so sincerely. We want to hear from you. If there are things that, again, come up for you, feel free to reach out to us at podcast at sarahnillwilson.com, or you can find me on social media. You know, if you are interested in how you can learn more about this work of how do we create really deep, uh, high-trusting relationships, how to build that psychological safety, how to repair relationships, how to be more emotionally supportive and not emotionally dismissive, check us out at sarahnillwilson.com. This is the work that we're so passionate about. You can also pick up a copy of my latest book, Don't Feed the Elephants, wherever books are sold. This is my love letter to my fellow avoiders of conflict. And if you'd like to support the show, please consider becoming a patron. You can visit patreon.com slash conversations on conversations, where not only your financial support will sustain this podcast and our amazing team, uh, but you'll also get access to some pretty great benefits like swag and Patreon-only content and events. And if you haven't already, please rate, review, and subscribe to the show. You can do so on iTunes, Spotify, and other podcast platforms. When you do this, this helps us get the word out. and to continue bringing on amazing guests and having great stories and conversations like we did this week. A huge thank you to our incredible team who makes this podcast possible, to our producer, Nick Wilson, who you just met, sound editor, Drew Knoll, transcriptionist, Olivia Reinert, marketing consultant, Caitlin Summit Nelson, and the rest of our Snowco crew. And just a huge final big wholehearted thanks to Nick for joining out from behind the camera to in front to have this conversation and also to all of you for joining us and uh, again helping us create the space this has been 
Conversations on Conversations. Thank you for listening. And remember that when we can change the conversations we have with ourselves and with others, I really do believe that we can change the world. So thank you all. Please make sure you rest and rehydrate. And we'll see you again next week.